0: Well, good morning, everybody. Um, if you don't know me, I'm Chris. I'm part of the uh, preaching team here. Uh, Alicia's my wife. We have a five-month-year-old daughter named Louisa. So pretty excited about that. Um, so today we're going to be talking about uh, baptism, if you haven't figured it out yet. And I try to figure out something short and sweet to kind of encapsulate what this sermon is going to be about. Uh, I feel like that... That kind of does it becoming new, and we're going to talk kind of later throughout the sermon about you know every little part of baptism and kind of what it means to us, what it means to the church, and then maybe how we can you know apply it in our life. All right, um, you can you go to the next slide? So I was uh, I was baptized. Yeah, yeah. one time. Yep. Yeah when I was uh, 14 years old, a uh, small little church out in far west Texas, and um, I was baptizing something very similar to that, about three, you know, three foot deep, six, seven foot long uh, horse trough. And honestly, the only thing I can uh, really remember about it is that as I was going up, I was shaking, you know, quite a bit, you know, just shaking like that. And I think a lot of the you know church members and stuff probably thought the holy spirit was on me but actually <laughs> i was really cold and so <laughs> it was it was it was still winter it's not that cold out there but you know 50 60 degrees is pretty cold to get in to some water and you know 14 years old so I got in you know I was immersed in the water came out had a good experience um but really the, the only thing i really remember about that whole uh Experiences the being cold, there were a lot of people there. Um, it, it, was a, it was a positive experience, but I haven't really honestly thought about it much until I started preparing for this sermon, um, thought about my baptism or even, you know, baptism in general. And so, um, you know, if you're kind of in the same boat like that, uh, you, maybe you were baptized as a child or just a uh, young Christian, you know, we have a different level of maturity then. And sometimes we don't think about our own baptism. Uh, so I kind of want, um, want us today during the service to kind of think about that. Reflect on your own baptism. Kind of reflect on what it meant to you um, as we go through the service today. You can just you know, have that in the back of, your, back of your head. Okay, let's go ahead. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pray. Open this up. Uh, God, I, I just ask that you uh, open our heart today. I ask that you open our mind to what you have for us. If there is something you have uh, specifically, I I pray that you reveal it and that we are open to receive it. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right, so um, I'm going to start this sermon with um, the question, what is baptism? And then after that, like I said before, I'm going to get into a little bit more why we baptize and maybe how it can be um, applied in our life, outside of just yeah, getting baptized uh, the ceremony. Okay, the word uh, baptism, it comes from the Greek word baptizo, which means to dip or immerse. Another uh, common variation of the word baptism is baptismos, which is you know, found throughout Scripture, and It refers to washing, cleansing, or purification. And I think we're, you know, most of us. You've been around church. You're probably familiar with, you know, those, uh, those words r- regarding baptism. They're probably common to you. But what is the actual sacrament of baptism? What's the act of being baptized? What does it look like? Well, actually, Scripture does not give us a direct instruction on how to baptize. It doesn't say, do this, do this, do this, do this, and you're done. Um, but we do know, for instance, that uh, we're supposed to be immersed in water. Um, we know Jesus was baptized. And we know there was a great commission. Uh, Jesus gave the great commission at the, at the end of his uh, ministry. So what is uh, the sacrament of baptism? Well, it's a ceremony. I have on the screen here in which a believer in Jesus is immersed in water to symbolize a spiritual cleansing. Baptism is a way to express our belief and dedication to Christ. It's a physical expression of our participation in the death and resurrection of Jesus. For most Christians, it marks the beginning of their walk with Christ. I kind of like to think of baptism like a, a wedding ceremony and our acceptance of Jesus like the marriage proposal. Jesus offers us this amazing life of forgiveness, of love. And our acceptance of this proposal is symbolized in the sacrament of baptism. So baptism is clearly a ceremony. But it's also, more than that, it's a celebration. Um, It's a celebration for The person being baptized, the new believer, it's also a celebration for the body, for the church. And so we are to rejoice, we're to honor our new brother and sister in Christ while they outwardly express their dedication to the Lord. Um, Like I said before, when I was baptized, you know, it was a general, positive, happy, um, you know, atmosphere. But I honestly think that uh, more people. The church was more excited than I was uh, when I was being baptized. I mean, they were worshiping. Uh, they were praying. There were some people speaking in tongues during the baptism ceremony. And, <clears throat> you know, just a general enthusiasm. And, but looking back, I, you know, at the time, you know, you're, you're just a kid, so you, you don't have time to reflect, right? But looking back, I think that's the way, you know, it should be. It should be a time of rejoicing and celebrating. And if you have the opportunity, there's people that are going to be baptized. Uh, we'll have that coming coming what, in a couple weeks. Claire? Okay. We should have some baptisms coming up. And uh, you should attend them. You know, even if you're, of course, not the one being baptized, you should try your best to attend. Because it should be a time that we celebrate um, someone coming to Christ. I mean, it's a, you know, probably, you know, arguably the most uh, important part of someone's life. Okay, so just briefly touched on what baptism is. I mean, we all kind of know it, but we need to kind of remind ourselves what baptism is. But uh, to get to the heart of baptism, you really have to know why we baptize. So I'm going to touch on a few points on why we baptize. And some of them points would be like, okay, yeah, I kind of know that already. But um, I think you know, you may not be quite satisfied with some of them, but we're we're going to get into a couple points where I think it's going to become clear why we baptize. Okay, so why we baptize? Well, Jesus was baptized, right? Let's go ahead and uh, read Matthew uh, Matthew three, starting verse thirteen. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, "I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, he was opened, or heaven was opened. He saw the Spirit of God descending on him like a dove and alighting on him. A voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love, whom I am well pleased. So one of the reasons we baptize is because Jesus was baptized as an example for us. And the second, uh, second reason I want to point out. And before I do that, those some of the scripture at the bottom. Um, every gospel gives an account of Jesus' baptism. Uh, John, John's account is not quite as direct as you know Matthew, Mark, Luke, but uh, every account does. Okay. So at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he was baptized. At the end of Jesus' ministry, he gave the Great Commission, which is to go out, make disciples, and baptize. So let's go ahead and read that, Matthew 28, 16 through 20. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I, will, I, will, I am with you always, to the very end of the age. So Jesus gave us uh, clear instruction to baptize. So part of why we baptize is simply out of obedience. Um, But for most of us, uh, that reason, you know, in and of itself, um, you know, leaves us wanting more, right? Uh, We're not satisfied. Um, Of course, um, we should obey Christ, even if we don't fully understand something, right? Um, But it doesn't take away from the desire to understand baptism. And thankfully, uh, God has given us a spiritual meaning, of why baptism is essential. So we're going to look at uh, several verses today um, about this symbolic meaning of baptism. So Romans 6, um, 3 through 11 says this. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism and death, has been set free from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that we know that Christ being raised from the dead and will never die again, death no longer has dominion over him, for the death he died, he died to sin once and for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Wow, that's a, to me that's powerful. So I want to give one more take on that uh, passage. We're only going to look at one through uh, five. This is from the message. So what do we do? Do we keep on sinning so God can keep on forgiving? I should hope not. If, we're, if we've left the country where sin is sovereign, how can we still live in our old house there? Or didn't you realize we packed up and left there for good? This is what happened in baptism. When we went under the water, we left that old country of sin behind. When we came up out of the water, we entered into a new country of grace, a new life and a new land. That's what baptism into the life of Jesus means. When we are lowered into the water, it is like the burial of Jesus. When we are raised up out of the water, it's like the resurrection of Jesus. Each of us is raised into a light-filled world by our Father so that we can see where we're going into a new grace, sovereign country. So Paul is talking about, in uh, these verses in Romans, he's trying to get us to understand why we are baptized, what, why uh, we get baptized. We must die to self and be raised up in Christ. To bury our old self, our sin, our attitude, pride, our guilt, our shame, and then we're take, and then to take on the new identity in Christ. This is what baptism means. This is what Paul is trying to convey to us. Sometimes I think we forget the two steps involved in baptism, right We have the burial, we have the resurrection. Sometimes we only focus on the burial. Um, which is the washing off, the getting rid of, the cleansing. The cleansing feels feels good, right? You get cleansed, you're fresh, you feel you feel new. But have you ever just cleaned something and you know not a minute later it's already dirty again? Uh, you probably remember as a ch- child your mom saying, "I just cleaned that. What are you doing?" <laughs> um, but for kids, it's it's impossible not to make a mess, right? It's just It's in your DNA. That's what we're going to do. We're going to make a mess. Uh, But God does not leave us helpless. Just like your mother or father, (laughs) he helps you learn how to eat. Become more coordinated. He helps you learn how to clean the dishes. Right? And so God gives us this, uh, his Holy Spirit, to help us when we have a mess. And then he helps us become less messier. (laughs) So the rising up, the taking the identity of Jesus, that is the second act of baptism. That means we are to approach life like Jesus approached life. As we have been forgiven, we are to forgive. As we have been loved, we are to love. Galatians 3.27 says, Your baptism in Christ was not just washing up for a fresh start. It also involved dressing you in an adult faith wardrobe. Christ's life, the fulfillment of God's original promise. That's from the message. Colossians 3, 1 through 3. So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up. Be alert to what's going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from, this, from his perspective. Your old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators, is with Christ and God. He is your life. Hopefully, um, those scriptures strike a, a chord with you. Hopefully, it's evident of why we're baptized, why it's important. It's about washing up, a fresh start, dressing you in this new Christ life. So, baptism is a sacrament. It's a ceremony. It's something that we celebrate. This immersion in water that represents a physical expression of our belief and dedication to Christ. So now what? What do we do with this? Well, if you haven't been baptized, I hope that you would consider it. Um, I know some people even uh, get rebaptized baptized yeah. um, So that's a possibility. Um, but I was asking God today, or during preparing for this message, I said, God, you know, give us something that um, a little more tangible that I can take away from this service that I can apply to my daily walk. You know, we all, we've always liked to give some type of application to baptism, or sorry, to, you know, any message that we're preaching. And here's baptism. So, Lord, what can I do? What are you calling me to, in regards to baptism? So as I was I uh, was asking this question to God and struggling with it. I think He's given me something, and um, it's the idea of being continually baptized. And as I was researching it, you know, I actually found um, this has been wrestled with by Christians for centuries. <laughs> uh, I'm not the first one. <laughs> so I want to uh, just. Give a little brief uh, history lesson. You know, I'm not a historian by any means, but about a guy named William Tyndale. So William Tyndale, he was a uh, he was a figure in the Protestant Reformation in the early 16th century, around 1500s. William Tyndale was a uh, he was a religious scholar, priest. He uh, wrote the first English translation of the Bible from Hebrew and Greek text. Uh, the King James Bible is actually uh, extremely uh, influenced by Tyndale's work uh, from his uh, translation of the Bible, Tyndale's Bible. And he's a major uh, figure in uh, the Christian church. And because of his uh, religious beliefs, he actually um, well, was sentenced to death in uh, 1536, so he didn't live uh, that long, you know, 40 years or so, um, because of his, you know, his, uh, he challenged the, the English monarchy. Um, mainly uh, on religious grounds. And so he was charged with heresy and killed. Um, Along with another one of his colleagues named John Frith, he was also a priest. Well, before all that, uh, before that happened, of course I said he translated uh, the Bible and became actually um, published and printed in English. But they also wrote a book called The Works of the English Reformers. And it's essentially, this is a giant book, okay? This is a massive book they wrote. It's like an encyclopedia for the Bible. It's like a, a massive commentary has, uh, and give it, you know, lots of scriptural references. But you have to think about back then, you know, there's not that many people were educated. And so only, you know, royal family, priests, uh, religious scholars actually did most of the writing. And so this was... Um, I'm guessing probably maybe one of the reasons why they were sentenced to death. But in their book, I didn't want to get into that too much, but in their book, uh, The Works of the English Reformers, I'm going to read one little line that is so profound. The whole course of a man's life is a continual baptism. That's one line out of many. <laughs> it's a very big book, like I said. Um, they wrote a whole um, commentary on baptism. But that's the one that really stuck out to me. What does it mean to be continually baptized? Of course, they're not speaking of the uh, our ceremony, but they're speaking of the spiritual baptism. They're talking about continual dying to self, and living as Christ. So here's my question I have for us today. How can we continually die to ourselves and let the fruits of the spirit rise up in us? Maybe another way I could ask this question. How can I continually die to myself and be more patient with my coworker? Be more kind to my spouse? To love my neighbor. Bring joy to my home. Be faithful. Gentle. To show self-control. So those are some of the fruits of the Spirit. So, this question has been asked before. The Christian author Jennifer Slatery, she wrote this about dying to self. My pride tells me to focus on myself, my wants, feelings, desires. Left unchecked, it isn't long before I begin to feel entitled, deprived, and embittered. When I remember, however, that I deserved death, but instead was given the gift of life, my sense of entitlement dies, giving rise to love generously. I think that's one of our big stumbling blocks is uh, our pride. I know best. It's my way or the highway. Are you questioning me? Seriously? I do this for a living. Pride is so easily... um, so easily gets in the way. I think a lot of times when God's trying to work, our pride steps in. And he's asking us to step back and let him in. So, here's what I want to do before before we close. I want to just simply take some time to pray and petition God. So ask him this question. How can I die, continually die, to myself? And then, don't stop there. Say, God, let the fruits of the Spirit rise up in me. Just as our baptism represents the death and the resurrection, ask God what he wants to reveal to you. If you're feeling a nudge from God calling you, I pray that you receive it. Okay, so we're just going to take uh, the next few minutes, church. I pray this is this isn't, this isn't the last time that we um, that we talk about this. I pray that as you leave today and do whatever you're going to do, that God calls you and that you hear him. Jesus, I pray that when you do call us, if we do hear you, that that destination is clear. Sometimes it isn't. Sometimes we have to struggle with it. But I ask that you give us that discernment. humble our heart, I pray that we rise up as you did in love. Okay, so you can continue praying. Feel free to hang out, do whatever you need to do. Uh, we're going to, if I can get some of the um, prayer ministry team. If you want prayer, um, they'll for healing, for you know, just want to talk to somebody. Feel free to come up. There'll be people up here to pray with you. Um, happy Fourth of July weekend. Yeah. Don't uh, don't get hurt popping fireworks. Um, if you're gonna do that. But anyways, y'all have a great afternoon, and uh, everyone's dismissed.